that he died. He is still working in your life, even when you don't see him, even when you do not feel it, even when you are thrown into the lion's den. That does not mean he has left you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. All of his promises are yes and amen. So when you feel like you have reached the Red Sea, when you feel like death has taken you, when you feel like your inheritance is gone, no, he is still working. He has not left you. He will raise you again and again. He has already made the way. Our promises has already been fulfilled. We have heaven. We have eternal life with our Savior, with our bridegroom. We're going to sing that bridge again, and I want you to believe it with all that you have. else can. Hallelujah. Well, we're so glad to have you guys here tonight. If you're able, go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening.
Well, hey, everybody. Happy midweek. It's a good Wednesday night to be in church. Amen? As you can tell, I'm still fighting my head cold, so pray this thing goes away. I'm, I'm getting, like, way over it. But anyways, it is good to have you tonight, and uh, only believe at Urbana. We're here because, well, Jesus is alive, and we just like to learn about him and worship, and, and we actually like each other, right? I guess, right? Is that true? I don't think anybody's paying attention to what I'm saying. By the way, I'll talk to somebody who might be paying attention. Hi, live streamers. It is good to have you. And at least somebody's listening to me. I'm kidding. You know, one of the things about church is, is that we are a body together. And you know, there's, there's probably a whole bunch of people that go to this church that you would probably never hang out with if you didn't come to church here. You know that? That's diversity, and that's good. Amen. It, it, brings, it brings people from all spectrums of life to the place under the banner of Jesus. And if you can't, if you can't come together like that, you're missing the truth of the gospel. Uh-oh, look out. That's a sermon all by itself. But anyways... So I, I love the diversity in the church. I'm glad you can't make us all the same. That we all don't think the same. We don't see all the things the same way, right? But we all worship Jesus. You know, you know the disciples, 12 disciples, you got, you got Matthew, tax collector. That guy was a traitor to Israel. He was collecting taxes for Rome. I mean, we bring this up a lot here. You ever notice how they talk about the sinners and the tax collectors? Tax collectors get called out. It's crazy. So you got the tax collectors, traitors against Rome. Then you have those that are called the zealots. And that can mean different things, but one of the ways that the zealots could be seen as people that were ready to take armed uprising against Rome. You got those that are ready to arm uprise against Rome and you got the traitor against Israel and Jesus calls them together and says okay put the stuff down let's follow Jesus together the church brings all spectrums together to learn a new way to follow Jesus and, and then he calls us the body when we do it but there's a certain attitude that changes in you when you come to follow Jesus amen what does that have to do with offering nothing I was just talking so anyways we will take up tithe and offer right now. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to give tonight and, and uh, in our worship, Jesus, that we worship you together in unity. We give together in unity. We, we get into the word together in unity. Lord, and we thank you that you're changing us. You're, you're taking us somewhere. You're doing things in us that we would not have done without you. In other words, you're taking us to new life and a new way of living. As we give tonight, that we live that life of faith in you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, <clears throat> Come on down. So, a couple announcements, real quick. Um, Sunshine Nursing Home Outreach, Saturday, September 18th, 10 a.m. I don't see Benny tonight, so if you have questions about that, catch her Sunday. Um, continue our nursing home outreach is a wonderful thing. If you've never been a part of it, you can jump on board, talk to Benny about it. The next day after that, that Sunday, we're having uh, Next Steps right after church. There's some people jumping on that. Next Steps is pretty much the membership of the church. So if you are not a member here and you want to be, Next Steps is for you. We'll get a little food in. It'll take a little 
maybe an hour, hour and a half, and we'll talk about what it means to be a member here at Only Believe at Urbana. Well, maybe if you've been here for a long time and you just like to hear about it, come on out. It'll be good. And we'll talk about who we are, what we're about, our mode of operation, and all those different kind of things. Um, ladies, small groups, and men's small groups. So we already have some ladies small groups that are meeting. So ladies, if you're not a part of it and you want to be, sign up in the back and we'll get you plugged into a group. And guys, we're starting a, a bunch of small groups coming up pretty soon. I say bunch, depends on the sign up. So go ahead and sign up at the back table if you're interested in, in being part of a men's small group. And after we get a sign up here over two or three weeks, then we'll get some more information out about that. So small groups are an important part of our church and they're going to be. It's something that we're building. Not only small groups that meet off service times, but even sometimes on a Wednesday night, there'll be a couple of elective small groups happening. So we'll tell you more about that when those things happen. And last but not least, I, I should announce this more. I don't announce it enough, but don't forget every Monday, unless it's Labor Day, every Monday, there's church-wide prayer from six to seven right here. And we're a praying church. And, and you should be praying on your own, but we should also pray together as a church. Amen. So church-wide prayer every Monday from six to seven. And that's it. So let's get our Bibles out. Thank you. Who is that? Chamberlain. Thank you. Hey, anybody, uh, real quick, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 1, while you're turning there, real fast, anybody's got something that God's up to that's really cool that you'd like to share from your seat? Anybody? Testimony time. Something God's doing. It doesn't have to sound ginormous and big. It's, it's you know, God builds in the little things. You know what I'm saying? Anybody? It's got to be somebody in this place there's more than one of us here that God is up to something yeah you don't have to no, somebody oh somebody did so you don't have to okay so yeah there you go that's awesome go cool. hey praise God that's pretty cool by the way there were, there were a bunch of birthdays this week I thought Jenny's birthdays today and Lorelai is today, but she's downstairs. And Kenzie's was this week. And when's was yours? Wow. Okay. A lot, lot of uh, September birthdays. Who's Kelly? Down. Oh, she's wrestling with the kids tonight. Kelly's got. Uh, wow. Busy birthday week and a half. Well, happy birthday, everybody. I know I don't bring it up, so if I don't bring it up when it's, when it's your birthday time, I'm sorry. Happy birthday for now till next September. Anyways, all right. <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter 12. So we started a series on the Holy Spirit on Sunday. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, triune God, one God, but three distinct personalities and workings. One of the paradox of the Christian faith. Um, so the Holy Spirit is active in this world, and we kind of defined the Holy Spirit, got into a little bit of his activity on Sunday. Um, we're going to continue that this Sunday with the general working of the Holy Spirit in the world in regards to conviction with sin, righteousness, and judgment. And then in two Sundays, we'll get into the activity of the Holy Spirit with the believer, regeneration, marked with the seal, those different kind of things. But what I wanted to do is... is uh, on Wednesday nights so over this month, we want to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we are, if you didn't know this, a Pentecostal church. I grew up Pentecostal uh, from the time I was, uh, well, born, I guess, until I was about 12-ish. 
we went to a, a Assembly of God Pentecostal church, right? And we were Pentecostal, right, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, about age 13, we started going to another church that was more non-denominational, charismatic. There's nuances of the differences there. But in both those settings, we believed in the infilling of the Holy Spirit and then the gifts of the Spirit, okay? And only believe as a church we do. Now, there are denominations that do not believe in present-day infilling of the Holy Spirit and therefore the gifts of the Spirit. They believe that at the end of the apostolic age and the establishment of the church, those things passed away, they're no longer needed, so forth. We don't believe that. Now, now certainly, depending on where you stand with this, that has some domino effects of how you see certain parts of Scripture in the New Testament. But just to say this, we're a Pentecostal church. We believe in infilling the Holy Spirit. We believe in the activity of the gifts of the Spirit and so forth. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. So, if you have questions more about that, uh, we can talk later. Don't want to go into it too much. But, so what I want to do is, so you got the activity of the Holy Spirit in the world. Jesus ascends and the Spirit is sent. Jesus local in ministry because he's a person, God in flesh. Now the Holy Spirit is working, is universal around the world. The lo location of the work of God massively expands, obviously. So the Holy Spirit's in the world in, in regard to conviction uh, in general. Then he's in, at work in the world for those who confess. Then there, there is regeneration and marked with the seal of the Spirit. There's regeneration of, of your spirit, which is a massive thing, new creation, new birth, that kind of stuff. And then we believe in a subsequent work of the Holy Spirit called the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Separate work, but the continual working of the Holy Spirit. And then with that, there is the opportunity to move in what we call the gifts of the Spirit. Okay? So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So I'm, I'm going to lay some groundwork tonight. Then starting next Wednesday, we'll start to talk about the individual gifts and define them a little bit. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and, and the, 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 obviously all the scripture is so great, but you know, 1 Corinthians 12, you got the gifts of the Spirit and the body. Then uh, 1 Corinthians 13, you got the great chapter on love. Then you go all the way to 1 Corinthians 15, which is the great chapter on the resurrection of the dead. I mean, the end of 1 Corinthians is just packed with a lot of good stuff. So I'd spend some time there if I was you. But 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. There, there's some translations that have the word ignorant there. So Paul is saying, look, there are gifts to the Spirit, and we should know about them. Don't be ignorant of the working of the Holy Spirit. You know that when you were pagans or unbelievers, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus be accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except in the Holy Spirit. Or it is the working of the Holy Spirit that brings new life, and through new life we learn the proper adoration of our Savior. Okay? Then he jumps into this gift stuff. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. So the Spirit... And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, Jesus most likely there, and a variety of activities, but the same God who empowers them and all and everyone. So 
we got uh, Trinitarian language there, Spirit, Lord, and God. So there are, there are workings of service that God has administered through the Holy Spirit, and they empower us, as it goes on to say, in the same God who empowers them all in every one. So if you are here and you're saved and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are in everyone. Let me just say this. The gifts of the Spirit are not just for the special Christians. There are no special Christians. You're a Christian or you're not. You believe or you don't. Therefore, if you are saved and then have the subsequent work of the infilling after salvation, then everybody is open to the working in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So one of the things that I, I want to establish tonight, I probably will bring this up every single week through this Wednesday night series, is don't make this hard. Sometimes we make this stuff too hard. It's not hard because it's God. If he was waiting on you to be special, we'd never get there. Let's just be honest, because we can't do anything without him anyways. You don't earn the ability to work in the gifts of the Spirit. So drop that mentality. You don't earn it. You can't earn anything from God, can you? You earn your salvation? Nope. Do you earn the infilling? Nope. You ask for it. It's a gift. It's an act of faith. So then the, the working of the gifts of the Spirit is not something you earn, but it is something that God distributes. And we'll see that in a minute. All right, so let's see what they are. Verse 7. To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So another way of, of seeing the gifts of the Spirit is a manifestation of the Spirit. Given for what? The common good. So the gifts of the Spirit are for good. Now, okay, so it's, let me just say this. <clears throat> Growing up in a Pentecostal church, and spending a lot of time in charismatic churches, I've seen some stuff that I would consider kind of weird. How many know what I'm talking about? Don't throw the baby out with the dirty bathwater. Yes, people get in the flesh and do things that are not of the Spirit and try to attribute it to the Spirit. And that's why there needs to be sound judgment in the church on things. And, of course, we stand where for our judgment, the Scriptures. All right, But sometimes because there's some stuff out there, then, then the whole thing gets to this place. I don't know about that. Well, I'm not sure. Listen, don't make it hard. And this stuff, the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit, is for the common good. It is good to have these things available and then to be working in the midst of believers in the world around us. By the way, the gifts of the Spirit are not just for stuff we do in the church. So when we talk about the influence of the Holy Spirit in three Sundays, because we're going to kind of work through the Holy Spirit. So this Sunday, again, is common conviction in the world. Next Sunday is the working of, the, uh, of salvation, regeneration. And the last Sunday will be about the influence of the Holy Spirit. You'll notice that when Jesus talks about receiving it, he's talking about going out and being his witness. It is for the common good for the world. So sometimes it's, it, it, we try to maybe think of it where it kind of gets bottled up in the church. Well, 
we, we pray for the sick here. Yeah, well, that, that's actually working the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. Well, yeah, somebody may come down and give, if, give what we call prophecy. We'll talk about that. Well, yeah, that's for here. Or tongue and interpretation. Well, yeah. But it's not just to be isolated in the church. It is for the working out there when we leave. Right? For the common good. Again, we don't make this hard, so we'll talk about kind of working in them as we go along here. But just wanted to point that out. Verse 8. For to one is given the spirit, the utterance of wisdom. So here's the gift. There's nine of them. Uh, they can be broken down in revelation gifts. There's three of those. Power gifts, three of those. And verbal gifts, three of those. So utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gift of healing by one spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another various kinds of tongues. To another interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he will. So when I used to talk to teenagers about this, I, I even thought about this, but I didn't do it. You probably think I'm cheesy. But anyways, I had a basketball. And I would say, okay, let's say I'm the Holy Spirit, right, and you're an infield believer. The gifts work by me throwing you an assist. Distribute the gift, but then you don't keep and own it, you give it back to me. You don't own it. It's not yours to use on a pool chain when you want to. It's when the Holy Spirit distributes it as his will. Okay? So we are infilled and, and opportunities and situations of our life Circumstances happen, and through the obedience of the Holy Spirit, we may move in a gift of the Spirit based on his distribution of that gift at that moment. Does that make sense? But it's not like you take all the gifts and dump them inside of you, and you own it and do with it what you want. Because even when Jesus was here, remember, he only did what he saw the Father doing. Same way with the gifts. Okay. So we're infilled. We don't own the gifts, but the Holy Spirit distributes the gifts through us at his will. Now, the gifts are not to puff you up. And so pat yourself on the back as I'm super spiritual. Did you, did you see? So I heard this one time. Check this out. Don't ever do this. Now, how many know I'm a nice guy? And I'm generally very good natured. But you start doing this stuff. We'll have a conversation. So there was somebody that was prayed for, and they saw a miracle. So this person was prayed for, and the gift of the Spirit was distributed, and God did a work. Now notice, God did a work and not the person. And then I came upon an argument about who actually prayed for him, as if to get the credit. So I said, let's have a conversation. And it was like, it, it was a weird situation because I think there were several people that prayed. So there were several people that were trying to figure out. And it was like, I, I, I don't want to paint the whole thing negative. Maybe they were just wanting to know that God used them. I don't know. That's the positive way of looking at it. The negative way is I'm great, but okay. 
We don't need this in the church. It is the Holy Spirit who distributes. It's God who does the work. You're the avenue. Be thankful you're the avenue. But it's not about you feeling proud because you did something. And we have to be careful there. Okay, because, because people have a tendency to get out of control with their when good things happen. It's not about you. That, that's why even in times when we pray here at the church, I don't always pray. I do sometimes. Sometimes my wife does. Sometimes other people do. Why? It's not about me. And I'm assuming that God can use you as much as he uses me. Because what's special about me? Not much. You see what I'm saying? God can use the whole of us if we're open because it's for each one for the common good. And by the way, I can't be out there in your sphere of influence, in your, your uh, acquaintances and workplaces. That's you. See, we're the church when we come together as a body. But when you go, you are the body. You know that? You are open to these things when you go. You have to believe that. That God can use you, yes, you. But you know your faults better than anybody else. That's good. You're aware of the planks in your own eyes and quit trying to pick it out of other people's, right? You're aware. But God knows your plank too. And God is saying, hey, I'd like to use you. Just obey. And let's do some stuff. Let's see what happens. You, you just never know what God can do. Do you believe God's a big God? Believe God's a God of miracles? Well, isn't this then one of the avenues that we see these things happen? Do you believe that? Amen. Okay. Now, scripturally, so we have the gifts of the Spirit here. There, there are other places in, in the New Testament that we find gifts that are given. So Romans chapter 12, we have what people have coined the motivational gifts. You ever seen those? Check them out sometime. Um, as a matter of fact, let's just go there. Let's just read them. Romans chapter 12. And uh, verse number 3. Romans 12, 3. For by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Oh, wow. Well, that just kind of coined what I was just saying. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. But it goes on to say then, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned to you. So th there is a measure of faith that each one has. We work in relation to God according to those measures of faith. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, if it's prophecy in proportion to your faith, if in service, in our serving, the one who teaches in teaching, the one who exhorts in exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Then verse 9, let love be genuine. That's something we're going to talk about before we close out tonight. So even in Romans, there is a, a, a list of, of different kind of gifts there too. So there's what we call motivational gifts. You have the spiritual gift. The, the one crossover between those two lists is, is prophecy. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, you've got the fivefold ministry of the church, which is gifting. Apostles, I always forget one. Apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and whatever. Okay, so you got the leadership of the church, right? Prophet, that was the last one. 
So there are different gift things that are given. Now, fivefold, that's something that rests on somebody and stays. Spiritual giftings, 1 Corinthians 12, is something that's distributed. Motivational gifts seem more like ones that rest on people a little bit. Okay, so different workings, but these are all distributed by God for the common good. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, I, I want to go there because I want to I show you something. As a matter of fact, I'm sorry, let's back up. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. Closing out chapter 12, which we started with a few minutes ago. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles. So now we have a list of things here again. Second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. So there is a way that there are certain gifts that rest on people more than just the dis distribution of the Holy Spirit. So there are people that work as a worker of miracles, okay? Um, but Paul says right at the end there, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. So in other words, we can say there's this distribution of gifts at the beginning of 1 Corinthians. At the end, then there are certain gifts that rest on people and it stays there like an apostle, but not everybody's an apostle. Does that make sense? But we should eagerly desire the greater gifts. In other words, the gifts to the Spirit are something that we should desire to work in for the common good. Okay? So I know there are certain gifts that I have a tendency to function in. All right? That's just because... But it doesn't mean that I shouldn't desire to work in the other gifts also. For the opportunity that the Holy Spirit would choose to distribute at certain moments that gift. That makes sense. So we desire the gifts... We seek to operate in the gifts, not again because of our own disposition and pride, but because of the common good for what the gifts do, because they are part of the witness of the church outside of the church and part of the building up of the church in the church. Okay? But I want to kind of throw something out here because this is super important. At the end of, of chapter 12 and verse 31... He says, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Now watch what Paul says, and this is a little groundwork I want to lay before we start talking about the gifts next week. And I will show you still a still more excellent way. Okay, so the gifts of the Spirit are important. They are distributed by God. They are for the common good. But Paul says, okay, now that we've talked about this stuff, i got to tell you something that's more important, and don't forget this. I'm going to show you a more excellent way. Here we go. Watch this. 13, verse number 1. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I, if I give away all I have and deliver my body up to be burned, I'm martyred for the faith, but have not love, I gain nothing. 
So here's the grounding of the church right here. This makes sure that the working of God through us doesn't puff us up to a place we should not be. Here's the grounding that Paul lays so things don't get out of whack. And you see it sometimes when we say in, in the Pentecostal church and charismatic church when things have a tendency to get out of kilter, it's because we're so trying to be power-focused that we forget about the foundation of love. Okay? The two great commands center on what? Huh? What? Love? Love God, love neighbor? The two great commands don't center on power. They center on love. And when love is in its proper place, then power does the right thing. When love is not in its proper place, you can think you have all the power, but it's not gaining you anything. As a matter of fact, then, it rolls right into what, what Paul writes about love. Love is patience and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It is not rejoiced at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends or it never fails. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part that I shall know fully, even as I have uh, been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love remain. They abide, these three, but the greatest of them is what? Love. Okay, so I want to tell you this. Before we get talking about the gifts of the Spirit and what they are over the next three weeks, before you get so supercharged up to go change the world with them, and I hope you do, don't forget about love. It is the grounding for doing everything else properly. Okay? So where I've seen things, not everything, but some things get out of kilter in churches that believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we should, one of the reasons to get out of kilter is because we forget about loving people. We're worried about getting our hands on them and, and power. I want God to show up and do powerful things. I want the gifts of the Spirit to move freely, but I don't want to do it at the expense of love. Okay? So we need to be guided by loving God with everything we have, Loving neighbors ourselves. And by the way, you, you hear that uh, love is patient, love is kind, it's not envy. You hear that at weddings a lot. It's not talking about the marriage relationship. It should be a part of the marriage relationship, but that is the love that should guide believers in how we live life. And notice where Paul puts it. I'm not, I'm not taking, uh, uh, Paul writes that in 1 Thessalonians, let's say, and dragging it to 1 Corinthians. Paul writes, gifts to the Spirit were a body eagerly desired a great, greater gifts. But I'm going to remind you, the most excellent way is love. He puts it all together. Paul put it together. He's making sure our foundation is correct. 
before we get into this stuff. So we don't want to be ignorant about the gifts. Know them, understand them, be able to move in them. But don't forget about love. It is the best way, the most excellent way, as Paul puts it. So, not making this hard. Um, let's just say this. And we'll give examples of these as, as we talk about, let's say, the gift of, uh, of the utterance of knowledge. We'll give some examples of what that's like. But um, not making it hard is, A, you don't formulize it. You don't strategize it. You don't try to earn it. You just are obedient to the Holy Spirit. It is as simple as feeling you should pray for somebody, you obey and pray for them, and then you just don't know. Maybe the word of knowledge will come, utterance of wisdom, working of miracles, gift of healing, gift of faith. You don't know. You can't make it show up. You step out and see what the Holy Spirit will do. That's how easy it is. And, and, and it should be, you got to think about this. I think sometimes, again, especially in some charismatic circles, it, it, it turns into something extraordinary, if I can put it that way, if that makes sense. If you are a spirit-filled believer, the gifts of the spirit are not extraordinary, it's ordinary. So it's not like you got to build yourself up to go pray. You're just walking in Walmart buying some groceries and you've got the unction of the Holy Spirit to pray for somebody. That's ordinary. You go pray for them and who knows what will happen. You were walking in Walmart. weren't even thinking about it. You were just hoping to get your milk and not forget it. Ordinary life. You're living life. You're at the gas station pumping gas. You don't know where the Holy Spirit's going to lead you. All you do is pumping gas. It's not extraordinary. You're doing ordinary things of life. It could be here in church. You're worshiping, which should be an ordinary part of your life. You feel the unction to give a word. We'll talk about that. You come down. I okay it. You give a word. The church judges it. Okay? Ordinary. Not extra. In other words, I say that it is extraordinary. It's the supernatural. It's God. But I, I want to put it in terms where it's not something above you, beyond you, and too hard for you is just listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then he's the one, not you. He's the one, not you. So it's not hard. What do you have to do with it? You're just praying. And God will do what only... You can't do it. You can't heal somebody. You can't give somebody a word of knowledge. That God has to do it. That's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And we work in it. So, so I pray as part of what I do with my life, Lord, I want to be used by you. That's my way of saying, Holy Spirit, come on. When I fast, it's something that's part of my fasting. But I don't feel like I'm, I'm trying to, to uh, drag this out of God, like, like you know what I'm saying? I, I just then go about business. Well, will, will you be perfect with it? Every No. Now and not yet, we're, we're working on this. Does that mean you should never try that? No, go for it. That's when you least expect it. A lot of times that's when God does what only he can do. Amen? So now we have, uh, I've been spending 
I've been spending a lot of time on Sundays uh, recently. You know, we did the whole uh, Psalm 23, Lord is my shepherd series reading. I, I spent a lot of time recently trying to make sure that you're comforted in the times that we live in. That was my purpose. I wasn't randomly preaching stuff. Very purposeful. That you're comforted and you're assured that God is with you, even in the valley of the shadow of death. But sometimes we can get so defensive in living in a messed up world that we never do stuff like this. That we're not out there, light to the world, gift to the spirit for the common good outside the church. I want you to be comforted, but not so comfortable you just kind of sit there and do nothing. The activity of the Holy Spirit in salvation seals you. Be confident in that. That can't be broken too easily. You have to do some things to break that. Now that you're sealed, go. What can God do? Even some of you, I could call your names right now that I know you're sort of timid in personality. The power of the Spirit is with you. Who says you can't pray for somebody tomorrow and see the miraculous? Who's to say? Nobody, because Scripture says it. We believe it. So let's do something out there with what the Holy Spirit is manifesting through us. Amen? All right, so that's, we're going to get into the gifts next week, more definitions of them. And like I said, if there's anybody that I know that moves in the gift of Spirit more than anybody, that, that's Pastor Dosick at the Botkins campus. Uh, October 13th, Wednesday night, is scheduled right now. He's going to come and do a question and answer. So if you have questions, write them down, okay, and I'll compile them, and I'll actually talk to him about it before that day, and, and we'll come. We'll sit two stools up here with two mics, and we'll have fun and let him talk about it. I guarantee it'll be a little bit of a later that Wednesday than I let you out normally a few minutes after 8. I, I bet we'll 8.15, 8.20, 8.30 that night. I'm sure that's okay with you, but we want to hear what he has to say and his experience with it. Okay? So anyways, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for an opportunity to just to get into your word and to learn together. Father, I pray that we are people who walk in the manifestation of the Spirit. That we're confident in you and we take the light to the world. I thank you, Father, that, uh, that you use us. I, I feel like in my personal life sometimes in spite of me, but Lord, you love me. I know that. And you use me in spite of me. And, and I thank you, Lord, that you do that. So I praise you, Father. We worship you tonight. Use us. Dangerous prayer, but we ask it. Lord, use us in all aspects of our life. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen. amen. All right, be blessed as you go tonight. We'll see you Sunday morning.